Welcome to The Lisa Show and our creativity series. I'm really excited to introduce you to this next artist as we talk about ways that we can connect with others through art, as well as um, give us ideas for how to be more creative in our lives. Thank you for being here, James. It's a, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Could you, for our audience's benefit, um, introduce yourself and your professional creative experience? Yeah, I'm kind of all over the place. I, I refer to myself as an artist, researcher, and educator because I kind of overlap in all those different areas. And in each of them, really, uh, their domains of creativity. So that that's what I do. Yeah. And what I think is so interesting is that you have so many years of experience teaching art and teaching creativity, which I think sort of changes the way that you must look at it. Oh, absolutely. So I want to just dive in um, right away to this idea of creativity. Um, how did how did you view it growing up? What was it like? How was it viewed in your home? And how is that translated to how you see it today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about this. Um, my mother uh, was really good at creating an environment. And my father was a writer. Mm. We had a very non-traditional home. My mother had OCD, so it was a little bit, let's say, chaotic visually. But she was really great in encouraging us to explore various things. Um, every form of art. If we wanted to play drums, which I did for a little while. That's what I did. Uh, always had us do th- survival camps as young kids. Uh, uh, eating, you know, eating insects. To I mean, really crazy wow. things. Yeah. But it was really not a normal kind of upbringing, especially for where I was raised, a very conservative com- community. And it was – it was. Uh, I, I think I felt that I could do and explore anything and it was okay to change your mind. And wow. I, I think that's kind of where the creativity came is it was all right to make mistakes and to uh, try avenues that might not – that might dead end. Right. And you can redirect into another area. So uh, what were some of the dead ends that you met? And then then what were some of the doors that you walked through? Oh, that, that's really interesting. I've always think I wanted to be an artist just because it's the way I process information and the way I engage in the world. It was just a natural extension. I used to get in trouble in elementary school. Dead ends were trying to do coursework and doodling on the side of the margins on that red lined, oh, yeah. you know, illegal paper <laughs> and always getting reprimanded, even though I did my homework. Really? Yeah. In elementary school, that mm-hmm. was that was not not a cool thing. You were being messy. And what I was doing is processing information. And that's the way I do. So, uh, I've always done it is visually. And so for me, that was a big plus as I started to progress. And my mother uh, enrolled me in high school in a uh, advanced art class. And uh, it became, I became aware that I found my tribe and my people and that there was other people just like me. And so that was a big door opening. Um, You know, I think I was trying to, for a while, be very pragmatic that maybe being an architect, you know, but that did not last long. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Like when you try to be yeah. a little bit pragmatic when you're trying yeah, to yeah, just wipe your things out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the idea and the topic of creativity is so broad. And you and I have had the opportunity mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, before this, um, one thing that I am struck with your art in particular, and as an owner of a couple of your pieces. Which I'm excited about. Which yes, you've got, you've got to check it check it out, and we'll make a link to the in our show notes for that. Is is just how you your ideas are so clearly um, communicated, yet you can see like any good art, whether it's 
visual art, writing, anything, it can be interpreted in so many different mm-hmm. ways. And it has just such a meaning behind that. And I'm wondering, I know we don't have a lot of time to fully answer this question, but your process from idea to creation, I think would be really interesting to to get a little insight in, in into okay. your creative process. Well, and I think it really aligns with the definition of creativity, right? Uh-huh. Um, creativity uh, is really a combination of being divergent in your thinking and keeping it wide open and exploring, and then curating the wide range of things to something that's more meaningful and useful. And so my creative process is like that. I, I brought my sketchbook, and in the sketchbook, I just kind of go all over. I don't even sensor. If it's in my mind, I put it there. And then after I'll go through and glean the best ideas from my sketchbook and make him a, a finished work of art. And I think that's how I'm able to stay authentic with my work and being genuine is because I'm not in the sketchbook phase, that divergent range. I'm not really thinking about anyone looking at it. It's all for me. And if someone looks at it, it's fine. But, um, Ultimately, I'm able to curate and select the best works that will be finished works. So that's kind of the way I do things. I love that. And that idea of not worrying about the finished product at the beginning seems to be, you know, an important key to that. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, too, if when you are coming up with ideas and you're just sort of playing around, if you do frame it like that in your mind, because once you make it your profession, do you see it as work? Do you see it as playing? How do you frame it in your in your innermost thoughts. <laughs> well, it's kind of a combination because obviously uh, creative constraints are necessary for any creative uh, industry profession or anything that you have time, you have timelines, you have, uh, you have material constraints, you have other things. But I try to play within those boundaries and push them, right? Uh, make those limitations, find some liberation within there and explore and be myself and be authentic. Because ultimately, if I'm not pleased with it, I don't think other people will be pleased with it. It will read as inauthentic and not real. And so I, I, those two, I kind of, it's, a, it's an interesting balancing act. I bet. Um, something that has struck me about you in particular is you're so vocal about connecting with other people and connecting and having art not live like the tortured, isolated mm-hmm. artist that only creates, you know, for him or herself. But you really make an effort and do a great job of connecting with others, with your students, with other artists, with other collaborators. Um, how, how did you come to that 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 joy of connection? You know, for me, everything I do, whether it be an artist, researcher, or or teacher, it's about connecting. And I mean, you and I met through the Connective kind of event. And and I I really think it's so important. Um, Art really is about me connecting with ideas, right? Sharing that idea in a public space, and hopefully that idea connects or acts as a catalyst for someone to have some experience that's similar and, and then sometimes we're fortunate, like now, to connect with the people and we have conversations. And so for me, I just love that. I think it's so rich. The idea of an artist being a tortured mm-hmm. person in isolation like Van Gogh or yeah, I think it's just not very realistic. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just not that palatable, right? Right. Who wants to be with that person? Right. That's yeah. what I think, too. And when I think of the ways that I want to live my life and I want it to be full of art mm-hmm. and creativity, yeah. that is not independent of other people. No. And I have found the the richest creative uh, forces that I have felt throughout my life have always been with somebody else. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, in the as an artist, I try to be vulnerable and, and I'm pretty... Um, 
candid about what I've gone through and and things that I'm struggling with. And I try to make that pretty visible in my work. But I think that helps connect with people that are going through similar things. Like I, I got a call um, just on Sunday and we spoke for two hours with someone going through something similar wow. um, that I have gone through with one of my children. And uh, the art made it accessible for them to be able to reach out and talk, have that conversation. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's one thing to go through something. Uh, it's another when you can lift someone else. You've gone, oh. you, you know, you're a Sherpa. You've gone, you've hiked those hills. You've gone through there. You're you're a little familiar with the terrain and that you can help other people to work through it and have support. You can stand with them, right? You can be yeah. with them. Yeah. That's so interesting because I am on the other side of that, having been drawn to your art and the particular piece that I bought a couple Christmases ago for myself, you know, it was really, mm-hmm. really meaningful, um, be, has become a symbol for what I had gone through, which is something in my personal mm-hmm. life and what it means to my family. And um, and when I look at it, I feel that like support and meaning, like, yeah, that mattered. And we haven't gone through the same thing. Yeah, no, And I exactly. just think that's what is, is so beautiful about the transcendence of creativity that can pull in a connection that you didn't even intend. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, it, it re- the reality is we're called creators, right? Yeah. Uh, I make something and if I hit it in my house and never showed it to anyone, then uh, it's yeah. not really a creative process, right? It's not connecting. Yeah. And I think it has to. And, and the um, people that look at my work. It, it, they're part of that process and they bring to it their own experience. And it's just as valid as anything I might be thinking while I make it. Yeah. And I love that. And um, I feel like that there is such a, a spiritual quality to that. Oh, absolutely. And if you feel comfortable talking about it, I, I feel like that innately we're all creative beings because mm-hmm. we're spiritual. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. what your perspective is on the, on um, your connection to God or to the spiritual yeah. and your art and your creativity. Um, it, there's a lot, I, you know, and I've had some chance to think about it a lot, especially where a lot of my work deals with that. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I, I try, I, the phrase I keep on using is keeping the channel open. It's, it's actually something I stole from a quote from Martha Graham, the mother of modern dance. And, uh, she talks in this quote about keeping the channel open, right? And it's not your job to question if it's good or bad. You just have to keep it open. And I think, uh, spiritually, I treat, Try to be open. You know, uh, we sometimes uh, can be really driven by goals. I'm a very goal oriented person. And I've learned that that sometimes gets in the way of really having transcendent uh, experiences, something that really is more spiritually meaningful and rich. Uh, And so I now just try to be open. And then respond like I would with any work of art on the piece of paper, respond to the aesthetics there. But in my life, I try to be open to what happens and to be flexible. And that's sometimes hard for me. Uh, But I try to be because when I do, great things happen. Like that phone call I told you about on, on, on Sunday and just making time. You know, it was a long day, but that person needed to have that conversation. And and it was meaningful for us both. And isn't that interesting, too, because that is not so easily identified as a creative process, but a conversation with somebody that transcends mm-hmm. sort of time and space is a creative act. And, oh, and we change our definition of of what we think is creative when we really give into that, that kind of flow. Absolutely. I, I was uh, I was able to hear Sarah and Robinson, who, who one of the 
probably the most famous TED Talk ever, talking about creativity and education. But he, uh, in the audience, before he started his talk, he said, uh, raise your hand if you think you're creative. And there's maybe 10% of the room that did, and there were probably creatives like you and I. And then he started listing different things that he deemed as being creative ventures. And the, the room suddenly was filled with hands. And he said, we've got to stop thinking so narrowly about what is and is not creative. We have too narrow a definition. Yeah. And I, I really think that's true. I think when we have divergent openings that we're keeping that channel open to whether it be spiritual things or aesthetic things or life experiences, then possibilities unfold, right? Yeah. And, and some really great artful moments happen. Absolutely. I'm wondering what you have learned by teaching art to kids mm. for decades. What, what have you learned about creativity? So I, 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 it's very interesting. Teaching in a very rigid or, or Western system of education has some very narrow definition of what is and is not worth knowing and how we know it. And it's, it's really not conducive really for the most part for education. So I completely threw that out. I really approached my classroom as uh, a creative, like it's an extension of my studio. And what I try to do is pull out from them their own experience, emotional experiences, right? Because real meaningful moments happen when we throw out the external um, motivators, right? No one cares about grades. I mean, few people do, but not, not really. But the intrinsic motivators in people's lives, their emotional experience, their personal perspectives, that's what I try to do is open up spaces that they could step into and be their own self and to find their own voice. And they happen to be working through an art medium and then provide them the tools. Once they know what they want to say, mm -hmm. then give them some skills to be able to say it. And so that's that's what I learned is that sometimes we can get we have to get out of the way and let people fill that space. And they usually have it within their head and their heart what they should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then we can help them in the system in that 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 journey. Oh, I love that. That sort of guidance and that idea instead of the step one, mm -hmm. step two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never been a, a kind of a, you know, a formulaic kind of, yeah. uh, you know, out of the box kind of way of teaching. I, I, I don't, especially for creative topics, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. And so I've I've really been benefited. Uh, my relationship with my students continue because yeah. it's a really rich experience when you help someone, you know, again, that Sherpa idea. Mm -hmm. I've been on the aesthetic mountain. I kind of know the terrain. But let's help me. Let's help you find your own steps and moving forward and up that that slope. What a great way to um, approach it as a creative and not um, thinking that, you know, your process would be any different than theirs as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, Which, yeah. I, I wonder, um, as an artist, doing your own art in different mediums and using different um, techniques over the years, what you've learned about best practices. You know, I have a lot of conversations with uh, creatives of, of, of lots of different disciplines about how they, like, sharpen the saw, how they practice, mm. how they get better um, without becoming discouraged. Wow. I, I have some weird things. I mean, yeah. something that helps me is not thinking about making art in, in preparation to make art. So okay. I every morning I do a long mountain bike ride and then I come back and I'm kind of refreshed. My mind has been not thinking about anything. And so that space is open again, that channel's open so I can step in and be more intuitive and directed. Sometimes we think too much. I, I know that sounds bad, but I, I try to act intuitively, especially where I'm trying to connect with emotion and open up that spiritual conduit. I try to have that um, 
be open to suggestions and promptings. Mm -hmm. And so that's been helpful for me. And also the, the other thing is not being afraid of making mistakes again. Like I talked about, my mother was really good in getting us to explore different things. But I think sometimes we get really um, a little overly concerned about screwing up, making mistakes. Mm -hmm. But the reality is uh, you and I, I think, both know that making mistakes is the only way we learn. Yeah. Trial and error. It's unavoidable. Yeah, absolutely. There's a reason there's a racer on the end of most pencils, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you're creating art, do you ever deal with imposter syndrome? Um, I actually feel that more after I make the art. Really? It's in museums and galleries. I kind of like, eh. I'm looking around the room and seeing who's there. And I think, eh, I'm just kind of a poser, you know, like I'm LARPing, <laughs> right? But most of my life, I'm LARPing through it and, and just faking and no one seems to be noticing. So I keep on going at it. Isn't but that funny? When I'm in the studio, I I, I think I, I try to be myself and, and uh, not worry about how I compare, uh, whether it be with skill levels or content or whatever with other artists. So less and less so, but early on, I think it's very common. Yeah. Yeah. That it is so. I was just talking to someone who has an entirely different artistic pursuit as you, that basically said the same thing, it, and I find that absolutely fascinating. That everyone has it to some degree, and you just have to push it aside. Yeah. And and I I wonder how many uh, great artists and great art has not been created because someone wasn't willing to put it aside. And even more than that, I I'm really. Uh broad in what I think people can do that are art, you know, people that are drawing any, any way you can engage in your own creative enterprise is, is worthy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're doing the best you can, you're trying to express experiences and gain skills to say things. And I think that's really good. And I, I see a lot of beginning people that are fumbling through different materials, feel like they're, they're just, it's just not worth it. But I think it is right. What goes yeah. on internally is as important as what happens on the paper paper. It's the journey that's the destination. It's what's inwardly happening yeah. that really gives more momentum to what you see eventually on the page. Yeah. And I think everything that you do goes into that, comes in, in internally that might not even be related to creativity or your art, or you might not think so. And and not ruling it out or filtering it before it's gotten inside is an important part of that. I love that you talk about mountain biking as a way of opening, you know, something that you would think wasn't related as being integral to your process. Is there something that you're working on creatively now that might not have anything to do with visual art that, that maybe you're just trying at? Oh, there's there's something, but it's kind of a secret project. So. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I, you heard it here first. <laughs> no? Come no. on. I'm going to keep it tight. Okay, yeah. okay. My wife says I'd have a way of jinxing myself. I oh. get all excited and I tell people and they go, oh, that didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> so, but I am because, Good. you know, um, I really uh, am expanding beyond my role as a teacher, yeah. looking for ways to mentor and to advocate for the arts and arts education in different venues. So I'll just leave it kind of broad okay. like that. I like that. Yeah. That's exciting. And a little bit mysterious, which is yeah. also not bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually not very mysterious. I'm pretty transparent. You know, it, there was a time in my life where five little kids, not a lot of time, but just needed to put pencil to paper, right? Mm -hmm. Just needed to paint anything. And I found because I was so limited on time that I really didn't care about the output as much as I did, say, when I was a college student and I had a lot more time to devote to it. And I wonder, um, 
you know, as as I get older, if like you were saying, those those restraints that we every artistic, um, you know, restraint can have a purpose to that. That we don't mm-hmm. always have to see the things that we feel like are standing in our way as being. Um, I'm necessarily a bad thing. No, I, I think constraints are necessary, right? You have something to push up against, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, I mean, it's like if I went into a classroom and I just had materials and I said, make make something great. <laughs> so usually, yeah, no, there's just, you, you would generally okay. not do anything. Yeah. But if you have uh, something uh, to, uh, something to be curious about, to push against, you know, uh, Something about maybe what's going, what are your thoughts about being an American or what are your thoughts about this? Something broad enough that they could bring their own voice to it, but at least somewhat more narrowed. And I think art needs that, right? You go yeah. to an exhibit, usually a museum, there's some some organizing factor, whether it be the aesthetics uh, or the time period or a theme. I love yeah. the themes. They drive and see how other people respond to a theme. That's common same in different ways. So I think constraints are necessary for creative things to happen. Mm-hmm. When you want to be inspired, when you're feeling um, maybe blocked or just like, I've just got to get this done, you know, whether you it's a time or a project constraint, um, what's uh, what, what are some of your go-tos just to feel a little bit more like your, your true creative self? I, I like to listen to audiobooks. That's a that's a I, I do it all the time, and then uh, another thing I've learned when I have like I just had a deadline for a magazine uh, illustration, a couple of them, and I'll always do like four <laughs> because then I can pick one that okay this one's really the best. So those two things I like to listen to audiobooks again. It's my mind thinking laterally, right? Yeah. It's it's divergent. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. it, uh, and then. Um, always producing more than I need for a show or for something I'm going to give a client saying, here, here are two of the best. I won't even show them the four. Really? I'll say, here are two that I think are good. Which one do you want? And so. I like that being overprepared and it can give you the, like, especially if you're rule prone or, or output yeah, prone. I am. I'm pretty prolific. Then it helps yeah. though. Mm-hmm. That does help to kind of have that, those, those options. I, I like that a lot. Um, this part of connection that we talked about a little bit mm-hmm. earlier, I'm really, um, you know, interested in exploring. And I'm wondering if you would feel comfortable sharing some of the benefits of the connection that you found um, within either creating or connecting that have been most meaningful to you. Mm. You know, I, I kind of, I will often wake up in the middle of the night working through a problem and I will quietly, I'm an early riser. So sometimes it's three or four in the morning. Oh, wow. And I will go into the studio and quietly feel directed to kind of respond to something I was thinking about. And and that helps me uh, to connect to that idea, to visualize it, to kind of work it out. And then I also have found the conversations like we've had and I have with other people is a really good um, way to connect with my own thoughts is, is I, I see myself in the face of others and I kind of realize where I'm at with mm-hmm. that. With that connection. Oh, I like that. That, you know, really being present with someone else yeah. as a creative act. Um, and finally, what is inspiring you right now? Hmm. You know, I, I'm just so inspired by the wonderful people that I connect with. I, I, I really am really blessed to have a lot of connections. 
And part of that is because I have a drive, just a, a thirst to connect with different people with different perspectives and ways of looking at the world. And so they enrich my life and I'm able to look at things in a way that I never would, right? That's what art does yeah. is it gives the perspective that we can't really stand in those shoes and really see things as they see it. But when you have friends that are different than you and, and may even you may not even agree with, it really widens your perspective and helps you to grow. And so right now, that is, uh, I'm finding to be a really rich blessing is a diverse range of friends that push me uh, to stretch. Yeah, that's so great. And what a great output for creativity and just like living a creative life, which is yeah. a great uh, pursuit and 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 very uh, a worthy one. So thank you for sharing your perspective yeah. on this. It's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. And it's great to see you again. Thanks. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining the Creativity Series on The Lisa Show. If you haven't seen our other episodes, go check those out. Leave us a review. Tell us what you what you think. And connect. Uh, connect with James's art. Connect um, with other artists um, and make that connection as well. 